Vision Quest is an abstinence-based rehab center located in Logan Lake. It has a, it's a 60-bed facility uh, currently at this time. About 40 of those beds are filled. Uh, social service agencies oftentimes, of course, do get a bit of a bad reputation because of the people they serve. But in reality, all they're trying to do is help people live, recover, and restore them to once again becoming really positive members of our society, living very fulfilling lives. Well... One rumor around Vision Quest that we had heard prior to this past city council meeting, and I heard it again, unfortunately, on Tuesday, is that there are people being brought to Kamloops by the busload and then dropped off in downtown Kamloops. I don't believe that's happening, and to shine a light on what Vision Quest actually does and the great work they do, I'm happy to have on the program now the executive director of Vision Quest, Megan Worley. Megan, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. So, yes, I'm going to get into all the positive stuff you guys do, but I just want to start right there. So I want to just spell this myth right off the top. Are you guys bringing busloads of people to Kamloops and dropping them off downtown? Absolutely not. We don't own a bus. And the last uh, two clients dropped off at the shelter were done four months ago. We do everything that we can, everything in our power to prevent having to take clients to the shelter. It is a last resort. So what is the discharge process? And, and this is probably something we should probably talk about closer to the end. But what is the discharge process for Vision Quest? And what sort of options are out there for people who are looking to leave the center when, when they feel it's time to go? So there's a few different options available to them. And the discharge process is different depending on the reason for their discharge. So the first example would be if a client actually finished the program and was ready to move on. Those clients are welcome to stay with us for as long as they need to. We do have a second stage house in Abbotsford that they can attend. They can go there, get a job, go to school, do whatever they need to do to rejoin society. Or they can simply stay at our Logan Lake location. We have had a couple of clients who stayed there upwards of two years. We never kick a client out just because they finished the program. They can stay until they feel safe to leave. If they're evicted because they broke the law or because they broke the rules to the point that we just simply can't work with them anymore, there's a few different options that we can take. The first one would be having them go to a different recovery facility. We attempt to do that first. If they're not interested in that and they simply want to leave, we'll make the attempt to get them back into their community. If we can't get them back into their community, we will have to take them to a shelter, and that is a last resort. We do this so that they don't just walk away, especially in the middle of nowhere where we're located and in the middle of winter where they can freeze to death. We're a 40-minute drive from anywhere, and the risk to them leaving is, is very high. So we take them to a shelter. We're mandated to take them somewhere safe so that they have less of a chance of overdosing and they have an opportunity to at least seek some kind of amenity or service that would help them on their way. If they're mandated to be with us, if they're required to be with us because they came from the correction system, then when they do leave, we report to the RCMP and we report to their POs that they've breached their conditions. And they are supposed to be picked up and put back into custody within 24 hours of leaving our facility. And we do this every single time somebody leaves against their orders. When you pick people up, when you bring them into your facility, when you admit them, I imagine that the vast majority of clients that you deal with actually really want to be there. Is that the experience that you have as well, that you know, people who are, are there who are at Vision Quest are really desiring a better life at that point? At that point, yes. Yes. Most of them are experiencing either homelessness 
or they're facing long-term jail time and they have an opportunity to just sit down and reflect on their life and having lost their family, their home, their freedom in many cases, they that's often when they make the decision to get recovery. So when they come to us, absolutely, that is what they're desiring to do. Unfortunately, sometimes the addiction is stronger than their desires and that's when they start to get confused and then possibly leave. Mm-hmm. And I imagine when, you know, I think we talked about this when I spoke with you earlier, but when people are, are considering that option, considering leaving, you guys do everything in your power to try to convince them to stay and convince them to, to try and, and push through whatever hardships they're dealing with in that moment. Absolutely, we do. The people that manage this, these clients, um, on a day-to-day basis have all been there themselves. They understand that fear. They understand what these guys are going through or the women in our women's house. They understand what they're going through and they will spend days trying to convince them to stay. We'll get them into counseling services and try to convince them that way. We'll do everything that we can because we know that the instant they leave, their lives are now at risk. They could overdose or they could wind up back in jail and we don't want that for them. It makes us sad every single time we lose a client. Now, you talk a little bit about your staff. You mentioned that, you know, a lot of them have been in that position themselves before. How important do you think it is to have that firsthand, that lived experience of what your clients are going through and the workers that are dealing with them be able to say, hey, I know I know what situation you're in right now. We can work on this together. I imagine just having that be- ability to, to relate is just oh so important to helping people get through their, t- their tough times. It absolutely is, and um, their ability to connect with with the people that we serve is it's indescribable. They they do they do something that the rest of us just simply couldn't do. It's um, it's impossible. They connect with them on an emotional level. They connect with them on an intellectual level. They know the manipulation aspect of addiction. So they can see through that and they can help them work through it and they walk with them side by side through all of their fears, through all of their manipulations and help them come out the other side. Only somebody who's been through that can truly understand the power behind it. One of the things on your website that I noticed too, when, when people do admit themselves to, to Vision Quest, it talks about that's the beginning of a six to nine month journey. I was just wondering if you could maybe take me through that timeline. What happens over the course of six to nine months and how do people um, you know, utilize that time? Why is that a time frame that makes sense? Well, for starters, when when people become uh, addicted to a substance, their parts of their brain shut down. They go dark. So the biology behind it is is proven that this isn't just something that is an intellectual or a behavioral problem. This is an actual biological medical issue, and it takes a long time for that brain to heal. So we don't push their programming. We have them come in and take some time to just rest and take a breath and spend some time thinking about where they're at. Then we introduce them into a newcomers group where they have an idea. They learn about the choices they make and why biologically they're making those choices. The genetic component is so big. And when they see that on paper or on the board, that there is an actual biological explanation for why they're making choices that are destructive to their lives. You can see a light switch go on in their brain. You can see their eyes light up the shame starts to melt away. And that's just the beginning. That's just in the first couple of weeks. So we run programs the entire time that they're there for the full six months. 
we have three core programs. We run life skills, anger management, and the final one is relapse prevention. So we run healthy relationships courses, parenting courses, self-care courses, forgiveness courses, grief and loss, cultural healing. We offer a school district managed diploma program where guys can come in and they can actually receive their grade 12 diploma. Some of the guys that come in don't even know how to read. And so they learn to read while they're there. They also do things with their hands, like making drums. They do uh, First Nations sweat. That's part of our cultural healing. And all of these classes are all run consecutively. So they have their three core classes, and then they choose the classes that best suit them and what their needs are, and they run them. And it takes the full six months to do it, if not longer. Some of them take a little bit longer. How important do you think the facility you guys have is to people's success as well? Like, you took me on a tour there here this week, and, you know, it's older. It, it is older, but at the same point in time, you guys got a weight room. You've got a full basketball court. you got a tennis court. you got a full garden that people have set up that you can have a community garden and grow stuff with your hands. You have a kitchen, laundry facilities. You have a number of different, um, you know, uh, uh, housing and lodging areas, and you even were able to have a, a specific room for quarantining here as we go through this pandemic so when people do show up, they can spend for. 14 days in isolation to make sure that they're not getting other people sick. I imagine just the facility you guys have and the, the what, 20 plus acres that you guys have. Maybe it's even bigger than that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's got to be 80 acres. That's got to be significant for people out there to have just all these kinds of tools and activities and, and space at their disposal. It's, an, it's a pretty amazing thing when you see them arrive. And, you know, when people think about recovery centers, uh, there's sort of two different ways they think about it. They think about it either as a licensed medical facility that's very medical, mm-hmm. perfectly medical. And you have doctors and nurses going around and, and everything is, is scheduled and, and strict. And then you have the other places that are not licensed, are not registered, are basically providing three meals in a bed and a couple of AA meetings a week, and we're we're somewhere in the middle. So we're making the same amount of money as the rest of the registered places, but we try so hard to be so much more. And there are some really good places out there, and, and everything is different, but when you see a client get out of the car and they stand there in the middle of nowhere, breathing that fresh air and seeing everything that's available to them, it's a relief for them. It's a relief because... They know they can't just walk down the street and and pick up and use. They know that they have a safe place to sleep. They know that they have good food to eat. They know that if they have excess energy, they can go and wear it off in a safe way with new friends that they've made. They know that there's books there for them to read. They know that there's wood shop there. They can use their hands and build something. And they get to be a part of something. And... We've had so many clients who come through the program who want to continue and stay with us forever, who want to work with us. We have one client in particular who's starting his schooling to be a social worker, and he wants to do his practicum at the very same site that he received his healing. There's something really special about that. But every place is different, and and honestly, what makes it special and what makes it work is not the location, it's not... The, the buildings, it's the people that run it. And those are the people that determine whether or not you're going to have success.
What is the success rate at Vision Quest? I don't always love this question because, you know, it is really coming down to, to individuals and, and their desire to change. And, and, and you know, each, each person has their own unique set of circumstances that if they go one place, it might work. And another person goes to that same place and it may work. And it's, it's you know, it's really individual based. But at the it, same time, it's still, it's still a question that everyone, right, who, who is interested in knowing what the recovery process is like is, what is the likelihood that you're going to see success? So what is the success rate for Vision Quest? So the question actually is, what is considered success? So is success that they've completed the program? Is success that they've completed the program and they've stayed clean for a year? Is success if they've stayed clean for the rest of their lives? Everybody's determination of success is quite a bit different. So... It's hard to really put a statistic on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, and, and most places don't follow their clients around after they've left. Right. So the only real statistic we can look at is how many of our clients have completed the program. And when you look at it and you do the numbers, for us, it's 25 to 30% complete the six-month program. And at our women's house specifically, we're looking at probably about 75% in our women's house. Wow. So across, across the board, we're looking at about 25 to 35%, which is a very high number. But again, we don't follow the clients around everywhere they go after they've left us. We try to keep in touch with them. Um, and some relapse and they come back. And some continue on and they never relapse again. And they get wonderful jobs. Oftentimes they get jobs giving back to society but it's different for every person. So it really is hard to gauge success in this industry. And I think the only way we're we're really going to be able to gauge it is when we actually look out our windows on the streets, do we have fewer people on the streets than we did yesterday? If the answer is yes, then we're seeing success. What would be your message to people listening who maybe don't have uh, the best of opinions when it comes to, you know, centers such as Vision Quest? Like, we all know that you're out there doing great work, but at the same point, there are a lot of people who look and kind of think, you know, people who've put themselves on this path towards addiction, who have a lot of mental health issues, sometimes they're just looked at as being a lost cause, which is super unfortunate and it's really unfair, but that is the opinion of a lot of people out there. So what would be your message to those listening who, who maybe have sort of a negative light uh, on some of the the people that you deal with and 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 you know how do we kind of change their minds i think what people need to understand is that addiction is not a behavior issue addiction is a medical and a mental health issue nobody chooses to lose their family nobody chooses to live on the street nobody chooses to be in jail these are not decisions that a healthy mind makes healthy minds don't choose to lose everything in their lives so if you can get past the behavior issue and look at what's actually going on underneath, that's when we can start making changes. Everybody that they're dealing with, they're all people. They're, they need to be held accountable for the decisions they make. But at the same time, we need to destigmatize and remove the shame associated with drug addiction. Shame is the most powerful emotion that keeps them in addiction. If we can remove that, they're far more likely to get help. Recovery sector, we are not the bad guys. We're doing everything that we can to help. 
we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And the recovery sector needs a lot of work in standardizing across the board so that everybody knows what to expect when they're going into recovery. The most important thing, and I've been saying this for a while now, is that recovery alone isn't going to work. Harm reduction alone isn't going to work. Housing first alone isn't going to work. And law enforcement alone isn't going to work. We all have to come together and sit at the same table and work together as a team. Because if we keep standing in our corners, we're never going to have the success that we need to actually conquer this crisis. We have to work together. Thank you so much for the time, Megan. I really appreciate you doing this. Keep up the awesome work and, and hopefully, you know, people will see the awesome work that you do for what it is. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jeff. All right. That was Megan Worley, the executive director of Vision Quest.